Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we're talking NWA Saturday night on TBS from January 30th, 1988. We are coming off the heels of the first pay-per-view from 1988 in Jim Crockett Promotions with the Bunkhouse Stampede. We recorded that one, and it should have dropped by now, so we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it was a battle to get through, but we'll talk about that shortly. First off, let me ask Doc, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, sir. Oh, Jim, look at Jim Ross. Look at Jim Ross's face there. He's smiling, going, "I'm going to stick a knife in both these bastards back and be the only one out here." <laughs> <laughs> okay, nobody knows what you're talking about. Harper, how are you? I just shared my screen. Harper, how you doing, doing man? Great. Fine. Doing great. Yeah. Uh, what were you? You were about to ask me something before the red light came on about. Did you go? Did, did you go to Georgia? I did. Did y'all win gold? No, I mean. We already have gold. Oh. Did y'all keep it? Yep. Did you do anything underhanded and dirty while you were there? Uh, oh, God. You know what I did? I ate some Velveeta cheese. <laughs> That's gross. Bruh. We forgot, to, we forgot to the hotel room, and I got some beer, right? And it was me and Saeed. Our senior official had a uh, a room together. And I was like, dude, you're going to be my drinking buddy tonight because I ain't drinking alone watching fucking TV. So uh, I get a case of beer, and it's me and him. And I open up the fridge, and there's a six-pack of Stella still in there from the previous guest. I said, fuck yeah, bro. Fucking white people beer. That's what I'm drinking right now, actually. You see? And there was a big block of Velveeta cheese that wasn't fucking opened. And I was like, man, man, we can't eat that shit, bro. Come on. And then, like as the night went on, you get more drunk. I was like, well, you know, there's that you, you start making bargains. You know that <laughs> right. cheese probably gonna be all right, <laughs> right? And I said, Sai, give me one of them plastic fucking forks, bro. <laughs> so we started eating that fucking shit. I forgot how good Velveeta cheese fucking tasted, bro. I haven't had that shit since I was a fucking kid. That shit was like heaven. How many beers did you had when you did just the six? You had a case. No, you had a case. Yeah. You had thirty beers. Right, and it was me and him fucking killing them. How many were left at the end of the night? Uh, mm, uh I guess about I don't know eight. I mean, more than a six pack, 
but he's I mean, little, so he can't drink as much as you. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, this is so. I'm getting the full story now because Harper sent me a text that he got drunk and ate Velveeta cheese, and I had no clue what he was talking about. And now I get the story. So the previous guest left a block of cheese in the fridge at the hotel right. y'all were at. And you yeah. drunk bastards just were like, got drunk Score. and decided, we're going to eat some cheese. All right, Mike, let's turn to you. What's the worst thing you ever ate drunk in a hotel room on a wrestling trip before? They did have takeout in a refrigerator. Someone got a steak or something. I was like, Jesus. Ugh. But there's, the a time in your, there's a time in your life when you would have eaten that, too. Yeah. <laughs> that just get, that has to make you wonder what other parts of the room they didn't clean. That's that's exactly what I thought, and I started digging through all the drawers, thinking maybe I'll find a fucking twenty dollar bill, fucking folded up somewhere or something. And I, I fucking looked underneath all the beds, and uh, you didn't sleep in a in a crusty spot on the sheets, now did you? No, that was the only bad thing. They didn't check the fucking refrigerator, so. We had free beer and fucking Velveeta cheese. All right. So, Mike, you ever eat any nasty snatch in a hotel room after wrestling? No comment. <laughs> That's a yes. No comment. No comment. <laughs> okay. Uh, the question I have is when you were doing it, were other people in that room? Who are you talking to, me or Harper? Mike. Me? Yeah. Yeah, no comment. No comment. So there were other people in the room while you were doing the dirty. No ah. comment. No comment. No. <laughs> I'm on. What? I am not on a secure channel. <laughs> These are open airways. That's nice. <laughs> it's all right. You're incriminating yourself. That's fun. No, I'm not incriminating no one. <laughs> I do recall. One time episode though where I was I was in the room and um a buddy of mine was trying to trying to get me to leave and I'm like, bruh, I paid for half of this room. You gonna take that big old sweat hog and y'all gonna go in the bathroom. Cause I ain't leaving this bed. I'm relaxing right now. And you are you were a cock block from the word go, weren't you? Bruh, That's I had nice. Been, I had been out I was uh had a little drinking in me and I just I just didn't, you know how it is, man. You got the energy to move, and you just like, man, I got this. I'm just in this. Why didn't you I'm just moving, ask, bro? Why didn't you just ask him if you could fill one end of her while he did the other? No, yeah. it's okay. I'll pass. Anyway, they went in the bathroom and did their thing, and whatever. This bro was like 300 pounds, man. That's what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. I should take it, but you can get some time. I don't know. What I do you know, bro. You, I you, told me, you told me that you never met a wrestler that had any standards, so. Lots of them don't, if we're going to be real. nice. Hopper knows I ain't lying. Some <laughs> non-standard dudes, bro. They have no standard. It's just like, whatever. Bring it on. All right. So before, as we're getting into this show, and hopefully that didn't bore you too much, special shout-out to our largest pitching control. Well, hold on. Hold on. You know there's a lot of podcasts out there that go 15, 20 minutes just boring the shit out of you. If we're going to talk about some shit, you know it's going to keep you keep you going while you're while you're waiting for the show to start. Yeah. I'm just saying. 
All right. Amen. I ain't going to mention any names, but you know who I'm talking about. Doc, I'm going to get you a Docaholic in a second. Yeah, I got I got several here. I'm, I'm feeling generous. All right. Well, hold on. Shout out, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry. Thank you for your patronage, our largest patron contributors we have each and every month. And then a couple of new patrons and people who moved over from Patreon. Ben Martin joined Patreon. Uh, he is uh, he has been sharing a lot of stories about Smoky Mountain Wrestling because he was in the in the in the front row at a lot of events. And and Doc, you know, we've got an upcoming episode of Smoky Mountain Wrestling where Cornette tried to recruit the gangsters and become their manager. And I don't want to spoil it on this show for everyone because it's going to be about a month, a month and a half before this comes out. Um, but New Jack and the gangsters refused Corny's services. And Jesus Ben was Christ, telling me, why don't you just tell us how the rest of the promotion ends? No, because. Even though I gave that away, you and I both know what's said in that promo will not give anything away. And meanwhile, some guy behind Ben in the second row or so yelled at Cornette, I knew that goddamn Cornette would try to recruit those ends. So Whoa. Stay, so stay tuned to our Smoky Mountain episode because we'll be discussing uh, that and um, a lot of other things, obviously, with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So thanks, Ben, for the story, and thanks for becoming a patron. Also, patron uh, Brad Dunafin. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Apologies if I am, but thanks for becoming a, a Patreon member and joining the BTT Hall of Fame wing. Tom Schlegel, thanks for joining Patreon as well and the BTT Hall of Fame wing. And then longtime patron uh, Benjamin Brodel bumped up to the $5 tier to get those Jim Crocker Promotions pay-per-views and the other episodes on the $5 tier, along with Days Streetball. He joined the $5 tier as well. And Kevin Kimmins, he bumped up his patron as well. He's a long-time patron as well. God, he's a salty bastard, too. Yeah. I've, I've peeped on his profiles. He's a <laughs> he's a dirty bastard. That's a, that's a, that's a compliment, Kevin. That's a, guy, that's a guy who's so dirty and surly that he's just been waiting for this podcast <laughs> his entire life. Yes. So, um, But, no, that's a compliment. He's like, that's like when you said Daryl Van Horn. One time you were talking about him when he first came into Smoky Mountain. You were like, that's a dirty bastard. And you mean it in the most respectful way possible. Sure. I, I, mean, I don't want to hang out with you personally, but hey, I I get where you're coming from. <laughs> All right. uh, Troy Dean, shout out. Thank you for bumping up as well. All right. So, Doc, you got some Docaholic spotlights. Um, What do you got, man? Well, first of all, I saw my buddy, my the other half of my amulet. Uh, Fritz out there talking about the uh, this past weekend he was talking about the uh, celebrity death that hit him hardest in the last few years and uh, I gotta say I'm right there with him on that one it was uh, Chris Cornell's death uh, Soundgarden was uh, is and, and was one of my favorite bands I mean I'm talking top three of all time so me and Fritz continue to, to walk hand in hand down the beach together and I think it's important to talk about my best buddy that way even though he likes the Celtics, man, you got why? Why do you like the Celtics now? They got all those black guys on the team. You That's need to go nice. back. To what? He's playing um, heel. He's back to playing heel. I told y'all it wouldn't last long. <laughs> I playing heel. I love Phil Allen. He's one of the good ones. Um, Tony Tony Matkovich. He was hanging yeah. out down at Contrary Brewing Company with his BTT uh, shirt on. You know, yep. that's that's how we're going to grow this podcast, guys. Um, your patronage 
buying shirts if you can, wearing those shirts out, telling people, retweeting. Those are the things that helps this thing grow. So that's a docaholic spotlight. Dude, I feel like I, I feel sad. Like I gotta throw this guy in. Fucking Gerald Green's dad must but apparently he was getting some medical work done and he threw on his docaholic shirt just so that it, maybe the uh the nurses would give him a, a, a prostate exam while he was down there. Is that what you were telling me? <laughs> no, that is not what I told you. I said his dad was representing with the docaholic shirt, your shirt, and he was impressing the ladies who had appointments as well. This had nothing to do with a doctor wanting to get a reach around or whatever or, you know, whatever you're saying. Okay, there, so. I got it slightly wrong. Sue me. Jesus Christ. And then the other one here... um. William with a W, but I got to tell you, he did some serious work. He's at Duck Bozard. I don't even know what that means. What is this? At Duck, D-U-C-K-B-O-Z-A-R-D. I hope he wants that out there. Just keep going. You don't understand Twitter, so just make your point. I don't, but he took pictures with Corny and JJ and the whole Midnight, every Midnight Express there's ever been, including Paul Roma. And he was wearing a book in the territory shirt while he did it, and apparently he struck up a conversation with Corny about our show. That's the kind of things we need out there. That's the kind of community we're building. It's filthy, it's foul, and it's based on wearing t-shirts. I mean, shit, you buy one of Harper's t-shirts, he's guaranteeing pussy. See? So that's all the, that's all the little army out there that's out there doing great things in our name. You know, we're better... Then we're better than modern medicine. Harper cured Dave DeVries. I've got Gerald Green's dad all healed up. We're better than medicine. We're bigger than Jesus. Let's get into the show. So when you said, was like Paul Roma there as a horseman with, with flaring on him? Or it was just, Paul Roma was just there? I was, I was saying something wrong. Like he was a, a Midnight Express so that people would DM Mike and say, uh. Doc doesn't. No, Paul Roma wasn't in the Midnight Express. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a con- it was a convention. No, it, it was, was, was Condry and and Sweet Stan and Eaton and Corny and yeah. William with W. Like he was just one of them. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, and Corny loves our show, and Corny loves us. Hell yeah, he does. he's no idiot. All right, real quick before we get into the show, y'all want some more filth? Bill, um, of course. Yeah. So Barry Jackson and Keith Bauer on our Facebook group, they both posted this meme within just like a few hours of each other. But it is oh, a yeah. picture of a fat. Hold on. Mm. <laughs> it's a wait. Yeah, I think I saw it. <laughs> With the fat broad. You think I put the finger in her? Hold That's on. nice. I just, I just sent it to Doc. And it says, it's a big old fat broad. And it says, my boyfriend was struggling to find my pussy. I told him to stick a finger in a foal and smell it. When he finds out that smells like shit, go back up one and fuck it. That's that's fucking nice. Disgusting. What's wrong with these people? You contribute to it too. Bro, look at that. I don't do anything like that. Look at that woman's face. It's like somebody drew a face on a side of ham. It's so you know, dirty, man. I've always wondered who is like, like in that meme. Who is that fucking broad? Because that's a real person. Somebody whose picture got taken out of context for real, <laughs> right? And imagine someone's looking at it like, isn't that Sarah from work? 
That's why I do not like taking pictures anymore, just for that reason. <laughs> oh man, somebody pick a meme out of you and it goes around the world and that's the right. meme that people see of you. And that could be a really good person and they just, just buried that poor woman. They're not. They're not a good there's no such thing as a good person. I know fucking indie guys that I fucking work with that they're now memes. Well yeah, indie guys are easy easy targets, right, Harper? Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Y'all ready to get into the show? Uh sure. Alright, so again, this is uh the January thirtieth episode. This is the heels of the first pay-per-view of the year. The show opens, um, it's actually Nikita Koloff in the ring uh, versus Mike Rotunda with Rick Steiner at ringside. Uh, they then cut the match and we head to the studio where Tony breaks the news that Larry Zbysko is the new Western States champion. We talked about that in detail uh, on the pay-per-view that we did on the Patreon tier. Uh, they give some results of the Bunkhouse Stampede. They talk about Dusty winning again. Some guy in the crowd has an orgasm when they announced Dusty won. I don't know if y'all caught that. He was like, yeah, yeah. Dusty. Like he was drunk and just shooting. It's Saturday morning, pal. That don't mean nothing. I'm from New Orleans. I've seen plenty of drunks yeah. on Saturday morning, Sunday morning, I, Monday morning. I saw morning. that building. What building? Where they would... I drove down the interstate, the old TBS building. Oh, okay. Techwood? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you didn't go inside and take pictures, though. No, no. We just drove by. It looks like that's the building they used to do. uh... How would he know? Yeah, right. He never watched this shit. He was born in 85. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, Um, (laughs) that looks just like the EZW arena. Get (laughs) Luke's knowledge of classic wrestling is ECW. I said it, Luke. Call me and text me if you got a problem. That's his classic That's like, wrestling, though. Hey, I don't come down to his weight set and try to tell him how to lift weights. Maybe he should let <laughs> us do classic wrestling. Yeah, leave it to the professionals, asshole. <laughs> All right. So uh, we keep going. There is a promo from Ricky Santana. Uh, they, they roll out Ricky, and they promote this West Coast events that are coming up. And Ricky, uh, you know, he he speaks a little Spanish, and... He gets See, things going, kind of. Yeah, good for him. Um, and then I'm surprised. Bro, I, I, I'm, oh, I'm surprised, like no one fucking screams out, "Speak English" or, or something. Boy, that's bro. a good point. In 1980s, uh, fucking eight, bro. 1988, 1998, right in the south. We had a black president, so maybe not then. But how about 2018? <laughs> yeah. Where's your green card or something? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, because they're in the deep south in fucking nineteen fucking eighty eight, dude. Atlanta was not that cosmopolitan as it is today. No, no, it's not. They didn't have the, uh, you, you know, it wasn't as uh, whatever liberal or, you know, it, it, it was a different. It was. I believe the term you're looking for is progressive. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It was more right. fucking uh, hee-haw, you know, heritage, not hate, back then. <laughs> oh, bro, always possibly. So if I, can, right. if I can expound upon last week's, um, so not only is Michael Hayes gone, which we'll, uh, we'll see implications of that tonight, I do believe the rock and roll is gone. We talked about some people that were leaving last week, and uh, I forgot to get to them. Rock and roll's out now, right, Mike? 
I'm letting you handle that. You're the expert. The Rock and Roll is out now. They will be back in some form later in the year, but they are out now. Uh, Terry Taylor is gone. Damn, I forgot about Terry Taylor. Uh, Big Bubba's gone. Time to go That's be the boss. That's the one. Yep. So there's a you lot know. of there's a lot of influx and 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 movement here of talent. And hey, man. If we know anything, when talent starts moving around, that creates brass rings for people to grab. Hey, yeah, because I forgot real. about uh, Ricky Santana until I saw yeah, him. I forgot about him too. That's nice. Hey, but but for real, Bubba's the one that always got me. Because you think about that last year, the, the UWF is bought, and then you know y'all didn't see all this, but he goes to they the UWF. Fumble, they fumble fucked him. They took him out of nowhere, and they did nothing with him. Come well, on. The, the thing was, he he had a nice little spot in UWF, become champion, all that stuff, and then he ends up back with Corny, not doing anything but being the bodyguard. And then the story Corny tells is he kind of got he didn't really get fucked, but he got like half of the pay that the rest of the guys got uh, for doing the whole scaffold thing. And you know he kind of was pissed off at that point, and that's what led to after Starcade his you know getting ready to go up north. But they kind of screwed him because if you think about it, UWF, he had a nice little spot. So he went from nowhere to being Corny's bodyguard to then getting a nice little spot, working some, some I guess, high-profile matches, you can call them that, then, to then, like, just coming back and being a bodyguard and standing there not doing nothing. So, hey, but it worked out good for him because he goes up north and, man, he he had some hell of matches with Hogan. Um, probably some of the better matches you'll ever see Hogan in. Yeah, I said it. Um, Doc loves Hogan. It's his thing. Anyway, um, Doc, any other thoughts? I'm about to play Corny right here real quick. Play what you got to play. All right, so this is on the heels of Ricky Santana, who just came out there. Listen to what Corny has to say. Coming up now, the Midnight Express, Jim Cornette to introduce his team. That's a real nice suit, Pepino. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the most I just wanted to hear him. That's what ricky santana because i think it's great when corny does that and plays a racist. racist card yeah it's like the one where he uh the one i posted on the youtube channel where he uh he says uh how do you i can't even remember it was something about manny well the defendant please rise and no. he, gets, <laughs> he gets all racist with manny in that promo yeah it's really good but anyway all right um we keep going El Negro and Dale Laparus lose to the Midnight Express. Corny has a few words on commentary. Doc, you got anything from that or Harper anything? Give me, give me seven minutes and ten seconds for a fairly nice move here. Hold on one second. Look oh, at look at those draws. two. Come here, Harper, girl. Harper, which one would you want? Um, I guess the one on on the right. Oh, I want her too. So I which mean, end? Which end do you want? That's nice. <laughs> Well, I'm not gonna sword fight you for for her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the timestamp, Doc? Seven what? Seven ten. All right, they let me go to seven oh five. What am I looking for? Okay, it's a good move. Bobby coming off the top. Bobby Eaton. Nice. That's nice. Tackle. Yeah, for eighty eight for sure. Tell him what it was. It was basically just a shoulder tackle off the off the top rope. So Stan shoots the guy off, guy comes off, Bobby tackles him off the top rope, flies at him with a shoulder. That's a that's a high spot though for nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So now let's go to um let's go to Corny now, because uh, this is after the match. Uh, it's Corny, Murdoch, because Murdoch was out there doing the match in the Midnight Press, and let's see what they got to say. 
Ladies and gentlemen, special what, news. Ladies and gentlemen. Listen, listen. Jim Cornette is gonna wrestle. That's right. Jim Cornette is gonna be in an eight-man tag team match. You're gonna actually just, get in the ring and try? That just tickles you, don't it? It does. You know something? I said I wasn't gonna wrestle anymore. I said I got suckered into that Ronnie Garvin fiasco where he dressed up like Miss Atlanta Lowley. I got sucked with people, and I said, Dick Bruggan, I ain't wrestling no more. I don't care what kind of contract you come up with. I don't care what you come up with, but this kind of intrigued me because you see, coming up in Baltimore, it's going to be an eight-man tag team match. It's going to be in a cage. It's going to be me, Dick Murdoch, and the Midnight Express against Dusty Rhodes, Harry Windham, Nikita Koloff, and I told him, I said, I will wrestle if you get you a partner, but you, you got to you gotta sort of do what I say about the partner because, after all, I'm not a wrestler, so I said, <laughs> you got to get you a partner that don't weigh no more than 130 pounds, that don't stand no more than five feet six inches tall coming up to about here on me. <laughs> you gotta get you a partner that ain't no bigger than that and maybe, maybe say can't even bench press but about maybe 125 pounds. So let me tell you something Dusty Rhodes, unless you go out there and get you a midget or a 12 year old kid, then what you got is nothing. You can't find no partner that fits those specifics. So it's going to be the three of you against the four of us. And with Captain Redneck and the Midnight Express get for those three idiots, then whichever one of them is in the worst kind of shape, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to tag into that match. And when you're laying that out on that mat in Dusty Roads, I hope it's you. That's what we're shooting for. Then I'm going to hop right down there and I'm going to put my tennis racket down. And I'm going to have my tights on. And I'm going to get right down on that ring. And I'm going to cover your stinking carcass. And I'm going to beat you for the one, two, three count. Because, brother, let me tell you something, Dusty Rhodes. There's a lot of people in professional wrestling that are standing in line to wring your neck. But the Midnight Express are at the top of that list. Isn't that right, Captain? That's exactly right. What date is this? Come what on. date is this? February the 12th. Well, let's get one thing straight. There's a match coming up in February the 6th. That's right. Right there in Charlotte, North Carolina. Bob Warren match. Akita Koloff and Dick Murdoch. And Dikita Koloff is not going to make this match. It's going to be a handicap match. And I hope, I hope that they got him a good partner because they're going to definitely need it. Dusty Rhodes, get one thing straight. I doubt if I'm ever going to be able to touch your mama's body, but I'm definitely going to have a lot of fun trying. And it's going to be Baltimore, buddy, in a cage, and a mystery partner. How big? Five foot six, 130 pounds. Maybe it'll be you or Jimmy. No, you're five foot seven, so you don't classify. It might hey. be four against two, but I can't wait because we're going to have the odds on our side for once. No matter what your crooked brother does to stop the deck against us, David. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, he's going to get it in that match. I know he will. Listen, coming up next, the game. David Crockett laughing. I'm like, what are you doing, man? He is laughing at Corny. Uh, Doc, you go first. What do you have? Man, I like Stanley in the ring trying to calm people down. Just come on, man. Be quiet. My, my boss is trying to talk. Uh, you don't get what you want. Huh? I said you don't get what you want. Talking about his, you know, Stan telling him to quiet down. I really, I really like, and I really like Murdoch in this role. I think. You know, he turned on Dusty a while back, but this is really, this is really good stuff. And it's where they draw on for the Smoky Mountain stuff he does. Uh, 
So Corny has got a confident feeling that he's not going to have to wrestle anybody there. That you know they're going to have the advantage. Um, I wonder how that's going to play out. Guess we'll have to see. Hopper, did you I, want that? Yeah. Skull, did you want that skull hat that Murdoch had on? Yeah, oh that yeah, was nice. I know, huh? Who's he going to? Who's he going to wrestle against? Well, how about we just keep going? All right. There we go. Uh, they go to the next segment. It's a promo video segment. Kevin Sullivan, uh, Steiner, and Rotunda. Rick Steiner and Rotunda, the Varsity Club. They show the end of the match where Sullivan plants a spike in Nikita's throat and Rotunda wins the NWA World TV title. So just a little FYI here. Doc had talked about this when Nikita won the title. There's Sullivan spiking Nikita in the throat. Should have been a fireball. That should have been a fireball. No, I was all right with the spike. I love the fireball. Nikita held it for 162 days. He won and then that his wife got, And then his wife got sick. Yep, he won that belt August 17, 1987. So he had it for a while. Um, anyway, but there you go. The new world TV champion, NWA world TV champion, is Mike Rotunda uh, as a member of the Varsity Club. Sullivan led him to a title. So there you have it. Uh, Doc, any thought? did you have any thoughts on that match or anything? Well, it establishes the Varsity Club. They came out... And- so what are they about? Well, now we've got to listen to them because they've won a belt. And they won a belt off somebody who's had it, like you just said, for a long time. So all of a sudden, in one video clip, Mike Rotunda is far more interesting than he's been his entire other time on Saturday night so far. Yeah. Um, Hopper, what do you have? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. When he first came in uh, talking shit about Dory Funk, for the Florida okay. Championship, mm-hmm. and you watch him now. It's he's he. You don't want to fast forward him as much as you did before. Notice Harper said as much. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play like a portion of this. This is only... this is interesting. Yeah, well, and I this like if you're a patron and you're watching on the Patreon video at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT, you gotta watch Rotunda because the whole thing here is not his, not him cutting a promo. It's Sullivan cutting a promo. But Rotunda just looks like a smarmy serial killer with the hair and I don't know, it's hard to explain. So let me play it and then y'all tell me what y'all think. Let me tell you what, the party's over. The good times are over for good gentlemen. I came on here two short weeks ago and said that Mike Rotunda would secure the second most prestigious belt. You can yell from all you want because he ain't going to be back. You see the most second most prestigious belt in the NWA, the World TV Championship. You see, now this is the most dominant force in professional wrestling. And let me repeat this. This, no matter who or what anybody, and I mean anybody says, this is the dominating force in professional wrestling. And two short weeks, Mike Rotundo did my bidding for me. He went and took the belt from one half of the superpowers, Nikita Koloff, just as I predicted. You see, when the Varsity Club is together, Gentlemen, you can talk about winning, and you can talk, and even my illustrious colleagues talk about gut feelings. 
Well, when they face anybody, the gut feeling is whether they win or lose. But now when you face the varsity club, what it is is not winning and losing, it's your very survival. And I'm talking about not coming out of the ring with just a broken bone or maybe something lodged in your throat. What I'm talking about is maybe not grabbing the last breath of life and maybe not living the way no. you could have had extra, okay? Tell Mr. Bryce, yeah. Tell him. First of all, I don't like to have my favorite, Mike Rotunda. Why is he your favorite? Because I said so, it's real simple. I will give you everything you want, but I'll give you everything you need. And today, Michael, my favorite, has decided to make you the Florida Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> We're wow. giving you the belts, Diner, because in the varsity <laughs> club, we know how to share. Wow, this like is it. great! You nobody's better not lose it, though. Me anything. You better not lose it, Stan. I won't. Nobody's gonna beat me with this thing. Ah. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody beats me. Look at that. This is great. <laughs> Woo you see, the destruction <laughs> of first of all, Nikita Koloff, as all these people were chanting, Nikita, Nikita. They didn't think it could happen. Now, gentlemen. And I'm talking to Dusty Rhodes, I'm talking to Barry Windham, and I'm talking to Sting, all of them. Nikita went down real easy. When you lay your weary head down tonight after watching that tape and watching Nikita choke, when you hear the winds blow and you hear Varsity Club and you break out in a cold sweat, and you look over to the lady that happens to be living with you or carrying your name, you better lean over and kiss her real quick because it may be the kiss that ends it all. Varsity Club, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, the Western State. All right, Doc, you said this was interesting, so I think I'll throw it at you first. So this ends the Florida heavyweight chance. You just saw the end of the Florida heavyweight title. Poof. That's it. I was wondering what the fuck happened to that title. Well, they go back down. Wikipedia says Mike Rotunda asked for the title back after Steiner had been champion for several months. NWA strips Steiner. It's abandoned by Jim Crockett. Yeah, but when does it get abandoned? I don't know, but Dan Spivey wins it in a tournament down in Florida four months later for their their deal. Okay. So I honestly I don't even remember it. Sullivan said that that Sullivan <laughs> just walked point. out and said they were gonna kill some people. Well, you know. Southern wrestling in the eighties. We're not we we're not talking about, you know, beating you in the ring. We're talking about your last breath. Well, you know, shit happens, right, Hopper? Yes. Oh, um Steiner popping when he got the belt, like, oh, gee, pop, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't understand the satanic college thread, and I never have. I like Varsity Club okay. I just don't understand why he is a guy who is on the campus promoting Satan. I don't know. But I'm, yeah. But it's entertaining. I never got that either. He, it's like, okay, they're just like college jocks, and you're wearing a uh, like a warlock cloak, and and waiting for the night stalker to fall out of the tree, right, <laughs> at Jerry Jarrett's house.
I don't know, man. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't question it. It, it worked for me. I just was like, it, all right. It's cool. not bad. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it's Sullivan, and and um, like the thing is, I, I don't, I don't really know how the college thing ties into it, but I will say this. I guess because they're a club, like you know, the the Letterman, and you think of Varsity Club, like type. Of, I guess that's part of it. You know, you can think about it like that. But man, Mike Rotunda is a million times better right here than oh, he yeah. wasn't anything he did last year. Because I'm telling you, he looks sadistic behind Sullivan. He's got that slick hairdo, um, the smarmy look like a serial killer, and then Steiner's like a dumb jock. It's it's like Revenge of the Nerds or some shit with the <laughs> with a serial killer and a dumb jock. It's, I mean, it really it really worked. Uh, it does for what work. it was. Yeah. So that I, I that I'm not saying it makes a lot of sense if you think about it too long, but it, it's entertaining and I like it. Yeah, yeah. Harper, what'd you have besides uh, what Doc has already said? Well, I mean, I, the first thing that popped to, to my mind was what happened to the Florida belt. <laughs> Because he's a Florida champion and he doesn't even have that, then I was like, okay, he gave it to Rick, and, and I'm thinking, okay, you can't do that. <laughs> that's the key way for that's one of two. That's a way for one of two things to happen: the title to get killed off, or we're going to strip that guy and have a tournament. Right. Talk and about. what and what happened is is it got stripped off of Steiner. And in a different promotion, they just said, we're going to have a tournament. Dan Spivey beat Dick Slater in the final. So, Doc, when did they officially strip it from from Steiner? According to what I don't know. Wikipedia is not, not exactly knocking down dates I'm, left in I know. I'm just asking. I mean, I'm not saying. It said like because, November, so in like nine months, damn. ten months. But they're going to crown somebody in July out in Florida. Okay, so. Cause I I really don't remember him walking around with no Florida title. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, but right. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> That's why I'm like, when did when did they take that damn thing off of him and, and say no, this ain't happening? But you're right, Hopper. Rotunda's making up his own rules right here. Here you mm-hmm. go, Rick. In <laughs> 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 the way he looked at him and gave it to him, and then Steiner's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, wow, gee, thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. Well, uh, anything else, Hopper? No. Nah. So the new Western States Heritage Champion Larry Zabisco, who won that at at uh, the bunkhouse, he defeats Alan Martin right here. He hit him with a pile driver, and then he picked him up and gave him a backbreaker to win. Uh, I'm sorry, neckbreaker. What am I saying? Swinging neckbreaker. Um, I like when he pile drove him. He goes, "Is this legal?" I guess. But I was like, "Dude, just pin him after the pile driver." I agree with that. That should end it. And that should end things. Harper, anything from you? No. Oh, yeah. from the match? Yeah. I like it uh, during uh, commentary when uh, Jim Ross is saying, well, uh, Baby Doll, she's been real close to a lot of wrestlers. Mm. Thinking, yeah. What are, you t- what are you trying to say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to watch JR on the slick, man, on the commentary. <laughs> He's 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 basically throwing uh, corny the that's real classy line and, uh-huh. and he says something like that. He's a smart ass if you really think about it. <laughs> you don't catch it. I mean, I didn't realize it as much, but now I'm starting right. to catch it. So, mm-hmm. 
They go then to another promo. Shivani and JR throw us to Dusty Rhodes receiving the Bunkhouse Stampede Bull of the Woods buckle. We got to play it. Here it is. Yeah. We're going to do a very serene election to receive the about 1988, but it earned the wrong places. to be a very shocking situation. And as you said, it all turned out so normally. Let's let the tech do the talking. Ladies and gentlemen, three-time winner. Three-time winner, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, made history in the Nassau Coliseum, and he's here with Jim Crockett, President of Jim Crockett Promotions, for a very special presentation. Jim, thank you very much. On behalf of Jim Crockett Promotions and the National Wrestling Alliance, I would like to present to Dusty Rhodes a token of winning the third annual Bunkhouse Stampede, becoming the Bull of the Woods for the third consecutive year. All right, thank you, Mr. Crockett. You know what? I just now flew in from the West Coast, Jim Ross and Bob Cowell. I'm looking clean as I can be. One thing is for sure now is understood. Walking in the Buckhouse Stampede was like walking in Hell's Kitchen, baby. It was the baddest, the biggest, the roughest bunch ever in the history of wrestling. It was the best. Now Dusty Rhodes in 1988 defends this U.S. title all over this country. All over this country. Anybody that wants to take Dusty Rhodes' spot throughout this country in wrestling, any way, shape, or form, got to understand you're not only dealing with the legend, you're not only dealing with the man that he is the number one box office attraction in this country, but you are dealing with three times world's heavyweight champion and current U.S. heavyweight champion. And now then, Ric Flair comes to mind. In 88, a new year for Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Nobody knows you any better than I do, Ric Flair. Nobody knows how to beat you any better. So now that I'm going on record, I'm now telling you, if you want some of the American Dream, I want some of you. 88, World's Heavyweight title is going to come to Dusty Rhodes for the fourth time. You can bet all your money on it. Oh, Lord, look at this. Look at this. We're having a visitor yeah. here. Baby doll. All right, Dusty Rose, it's your turn to listen to me for once. Listen, you come out here, you say that you're the American dream. You're such a self-righteous man. Well, listen, I'll tell you what. You're not the cure to everybody's problems because right here, baby, right here is my present to you. You can do with them whatever you want. You can rip them up, but it's my proof to you that you're not the greatest because all these ignorant people out here that leave and listen to you for two seconds will claim to you that you're not as righteous as what you think you are because you see I've got a lot more where that's coming from Larry Zabisco wants a shot at that U.S. title and with these pictures right here baby it's under my terms and under my terms only are we going to get that U.S. heavyweight title you better believe it Hey, Jim. Hey, Dust, Dusty. Boy, Jim, that really. Dusty got the hell out of there whenever, whatever was in that envelope he didn't want to discuss. Harper, your thoughts? He didn't give a fuck about that buckle, huh? <laughs> he's like, the fuck is this? Right. He's just the fuck is this, and just threw, threw. He didn't even mention it or anything. Nope. He said, fuck that buckle. As he was standing there with his Yankee satin jacket on and sunglasses. Yeah, he's going to the woods, baby. Right. He ain't worried about that, that, that buckle. Yeah. That, that shit sounds so old. Just like like your grandparents talking about bull of the woods bullshit. 
Buckle, too. <laughs> yeah. <A> buckle. <laughs> All right. Hopper, anything else from it? I think that that fucking buckle thing was just too... It's... Hillbilly. Yes. If this was no class or something like that, yeah. But not... If this is 1985, but, man, we were in a national competition here where hemorrhage and money trying to go national, and you're rolling out... David Allen Coe and Bull of the Woods and Butt Buckles. You're right. God damn. <laughs> and and Doc, the Spam Slam of the Week. <laughs> we don't get a Spam Slam this week. Doc, what are your thoughts on this promo, though? I don't know. I mean, what it's going to be that Dusty's been banging black broads. What? Hey, man, it's all pink on the inside. What are we worried about? Hopper's mama don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> she grew up in a different she grew up in a different time that's right that that we could we I mean, can make allowances for his she gets grandmothered in on her racism <laughs> i got a story for y'all that doc told me this week he <laughs> didn't know i was gonna say this but i'm gonna say it so doc was talking to me about something i don't know what it was and then um it ended up being something about latrell and if he said so you think if Latrell marries a sister that I that I then get a pass and um and I would you say I become part of the race kind of sorta? Does that get me in? That's what it was. He goes, Did that get does that get me in? I'm like, bro, I don't fucking know, man. That's yeah. how it works, right? I I don't What? I don't know, man. What did you ask <laughs> man, me? How did you Down at it? the elementary school, the sisters love my kids. That's what it was. That's what mm. it was. That's what it was. So they, he, are in, they are infatuated with my son. And I don't care. I mean, shit, like I said, it's pink on the inside. I mean, he's... That's he's, nice. He's seven. Talking, I, don't, I mean... He, about a seven-year-old. No, I don't want him doing anything with anybody at all. I'm just saying, you know. But you did ask me if he marries one of them. Do you get one him of in? Them. Wow, the, Jesus them. Christ. That's what you... That's what you said? That's well, what you I had said. To, I, had to, I had to kayfabe it a little bit. It was at work, dumbass. <laughs> okay. So he's like, so if little Latrell marries one of the one sisters, of the, yeah. do, does that mean I'm in? <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to say at work? If he marries Sam, little black Sambo's daughter, does that let me in the tribe? I mean, I can't say that at work. All right. As we're watching the Jive Tones versus Kendall Windham in the I Italian Stallion. Yeah, forgot about them. Yeah, they kind of came in, and then that was that, and nothing happened, and then, yeah. So, um, real quick, before the match starts, though, JR mentions that Dusty was speechless after getting the envelope. Uh, I will say this about this crowd. This crowd is still chanting ball-headed geek at Shasta. Yes. The whole, like, this is a whole shit. That was 86, mm-hmm. and they're still chanting it. I mean, a year and a half later. Well, that's the uh, corny earlier was talking about Miss Lynn and Lively, and that shit was when we first started this show. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, um, but, yeah, it, it, this is. Southerners this, got long memories, pal. They're still fighting the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> so, the point I was going to make was they do have long memories because they go 10 minutes. And I mean 10 long minutes in this studio with this match. And yet uh, this, job... match was my favorite, this match was my favorite match on the card because I could swipe right. 
the the drive tones when uh when stallion gets distracted by shaska and um and uh conway needs stallion in the back and then they get the pin but i just found it incredible that a year and a half later they're still chanting ball-headed geek at shaska and shaska's Mm -hmm. hair still hasn't grown back he's still bald so he's he's living the gimmick and going with it but anyway any other thoughts on the match doc i missed the drive tones pal same thing with you right hopper yeah all right, they do go to a Jive Tones promo. Did y'all want me to play that one? I I, I, I didn't say I missed that much. <laughs> I was disappointed with it. Well, maybe they, at, their promo. Maybe they should go back to play and work on their promos. The um, the only thing I had from it was at the end when Shaska got rolling, he yelled, sucker, like he yeah. always would do back in the day. So there you have it. I do need mm. to play the next promo. Hey, where's Boogie? I was thinking the same thing. So that's what he I, shaved his head. Uh, where's Boogie? Um, Boogie, where's, message Hopper. Where's, where's Bugsy? No, no, no. I don't want Bugsy. No. Come on, no. bruh. So what? No. So what? Were the jive tones like in the, the uh, central states or something? No, I think central just, states is gone by now. So. Yeah, yeah. They just, that's, they just, they're just doing their thing, and they're just not on TV a lot. You know, they're doing a. That's my thing is maybe we're losing money because we're carrying too many people on the roster. Well, you just brought, I mean, that's part that probably had something to do with it. Plus, they just spent a lot of money on a promotion that they really didn't need to spend a lot of money on. Because right now we're we're not going to get any any sheep herders this week. Well, something gets cut out this week, though, and I never asked. Boy, no kidding. We never figured that out because the Braves are I ain't even made it to spring training yet, and this shit was 75 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. no. It's only an hour and 15 instead of an hour and 30 without commercials, so something's missing. Tim Rich- I wasn't going to ask too much, too many questions because I was like, fuck it. But, Boy, that, yeah. that beer is kicking in because he's starting to slur his words over there. I can hear it. Doc don't <laughs> sleep good tonight. You, I've been you, drinking you, since noon. You, heard, you, you can tell he's slurring those words, Hopper? Yeah. Oh, drunk too. Part of it is I'm tired. Yeah, okay. It's almost right. bedtime. Let's go to the next promo. It's Misty Blue. I got to play it because <clears> of what <throat> happens later with her and Cornette. Uh, Misty Blue looks different here. like, But we Better. can talk about that after the promo. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the world heavyweight champion, the women's heavyweight champion. Yeah, I said, I said heavyweight champion. Hi, David. I thought I'd come out here to say hi to you and all my fans. I have successfully... And, and what do you say new techniques is uh, as far what are you talking about? Well, you know, getting the ropes better and some high-flying stuff. But you know who is really a good coach on high-flying stuff is Jim Cornette. Come on. He is the greatest. He has taught Bobby Eaton some high-flying stuff I would love to learn. So if you see him, you tell him I want to talk to him. Okay? Jim Cornette, you actually want to talk oh, to him? He is so great. He is number one. He is. All right. My guy. Okay. Misty, but much. I think you're making a mistake, though. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the ring. Man, she, she was confused. Me. Yes. Yes, yeah, she's she was horrible. <laughs> she finally, I'll make out with her. She finally makes the point that she wants to learn some high-flying moves, but it took her a minute to do so. Yeah. She, look, she looks like the kind of girl that could light multiple cigarettes in one setting. 
Like she has the lighter, so she's just gonna light everybody's cigarette and then hand them out. You know that girl? (laughs) I got you, honey. You need a light. She sticks them between each finger and just starts lighting them all and then handing them out. I tell you, would would drive me about smokers back in the day more than anything. Uh. A smoker that never had a fucking lighter. Hey, bro, you got a light? No, motherfucker, I don't smoke. But it wasn't that. It wasn't that they smoked that would drive me. It would just, the smoker that, I'm, and I'm not talking about a, a, somebody I would just run across and they'd be like, hey, man, you got a light? Like, no, I'm talking about people I knew that smoked and never had a lighter. Like, this is what's wrong with your life. You're never prepared. <laughs> no, 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 Harper. How many times did you light a cigarette off the kitchen stove? Oh, I've never done that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he got you. He got you. <laughs> I would have thought so, man. You've been out at the, you've been at the bar, or whatever. You lost your lighter. You get home, you're drunk, still drinking. You're like, oh shit. And Dude, just- I've had lighters. Every room had fucking lighters. My car had ten fucking lighters. That lighter's fucking everywhere. I still find fucking lighters around the fucking house. All becomes paid. Yeah. I still Just find like he... fucking depots and shit. Amen. That's a prepared man, Doc. Yeah. You had to you you just needed lighters for your bong, right, Mike? Never. Yeah, right. Never? Never? Uh, that's if that's what you like, you know, more power to you. But seriously, man. I guess y'all never. I mean, y'all knew a lot of smokers, man. You you never was around guys who just never had a lighter. Every no, everyone I knew. I mean, shit. There are people I knew that would make it out one night and be like, "Oh fuck, I lost my lighter." But I never had the chronic asshole that just refused to have fire. Yeah, now they got the assholes that fucking never had cigarettes on them. Yes, that's the asshole. (laughs) Harper talked about that. Bum them off of you. Harper talked about that on a on a Patreon episode once. The dude, Jason Perez. Yeah, Harper said the dude. He's like one dude, man. He he. Harper would purposely buy cheap cigarettes if he knew he was going to be around this guy because the guy yeah. would ask for a cigarette. Yeah, so I figured if he sees me smoking GPCs, he's going to ask someone else. <laughs> yeah, move. but part of that was is like I'll give you because you got to remember back when they were two bucks a pack. We talked about that not too long ago. I'll give you a quarter for a cigarette. No, I'll just keep my cigarette. Yeah, man, but that's actually more than it's worth. Yeah, but I might need that cigarette later in this quarter. If I if I get to two thirty and I'm drunk and I'm out of cigarettes, all I can do is shove that quarter up my ass. <laughs> can you smoke that quarter, right, Doc? Uh-uh. Right. I guess. You I mean, I only, I only recently really quit smoking in like the last couple of years, like. So, I'll probably you die soon. Of... No, you won't. Uh, let's keep the show moving. We just watched a Ron Garvin and Jimmy Garvin match where they defeated Charles Ryan and Tony Suber. A fresh set of chin nuts is handed out to Charles Ryan as he takes the chin nuts for his team. And then um, we got a little promo. I got, well, I got one for you there. What? So, Ron is Jimmy's stepdad mm-hmm. in real life. But he's only seven years older than Jimmy. That's crazy. Wow. So you want, that you means want somebody Jimmy's... you want somebody nailing your mom? That's, I mean, first of all, 
You want Ron Garvin nailing your mom and then have yeah. him only be seven years older than you. I'm curious how how old was fucking uh, Jimmy Garvin's mom? Well, okay. That's funny you say that because when I was 22, I think, my dad got remarried. Oh, no. And oh, no. My quote unquote quote stepmom at the time was like, well, she still is. Um, she, I think she was only nine years older than me. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> was she hot? Uh, I'm not. Just kind. say it. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. <laughs> was she hot? Okay, so he ain't around no more. Right. Your dad um, passed on, right? Yeah, yeah. He died from cancer. R.I.P. Um, Papa Menace. Now, do you stay in contact with her? I mean, like, she's on my Facebook page, but I don't, I don't, I don't really, yeah, I don't really talk to her. I mean, she, she, she got remarried, and which, oh. that's, I mean, whatever. I, I mean, could you, could you text you me? I mean, could you text me her name so I could go find out about her? I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll tell that's you tomorrow. Nice. But you're dirty for what you, you are. You see what type of shit he is? He's a dirty bastard. That's a dirty bastard. I'm already on fucking Mike Mills' Facebook page going through like the... You like called me dirty at Harper's. Harper's already, so. Harper's already uh, fucking Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found her. So, so what was a dirty bastard. Okay, so, pull it back to the, to the topic at hand. Nine years older, when you're in your 20s, is not, I mean, on one level, you're in your 20s, and somebody in your 30s, it's a lot different, but you're all still kind of grown-ups. So what was that? I mean, was it weird? No, because she didn't look, she looked a lot more than nine years older than me. Oh, uh, well, Tammy and that Wanda. Old, no, um, think, um... What was the bra's name on Tammy's tips? Oh, oh. God. Margie? <laughs> Margie? Yeah. That's what she looked like? Not like that, but I'm just close, saying. Fuck, you know? Close enough. Fuck like that. Like the, the meme that you sent me earlier? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's y'all some dirty gross. bastards. I was just trying to give y'all a point of reference. That's fucking gross. Anyway. um, Yeah, that's man. That's nice. So, so you're like 22 going, hey, well, you wouldn't, but like Harper and I'd be like, so you like the offspring and, you know, to your stepmom. You like keeping them separated? She was a <laughs> weird, she was a strange lady in many ways. Well, she married into your family, so there you go. Just, man. So yeah, Ron is his stepdad and he's seven years older. And they so play brother. <laughs> How's this? He's he's your stepdad. He's seven years older than you. He's the toughest guy you've ever met, and you play brothers on TV. Wrestling's a weird business. Yeah. That it is. That it is. All right, let's keep the show moving, because Jim Cornette is going to come out there, and he's got to address Misty Blue from earlier. Remember, she said she wanted to learn something from Cornette, so here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. I know I, know I was out here earlier, okay? Right. I know you got something else to do. I see it right here, but I heard what Misty Blue, isn't she a sweet little thing, Misty Blue? I heard I what she came out here, and she was saying, well, you're messed up, too, so you don't count. She was saying some nice things about me, 
and I appreciate it, and I'd like to talk to her sometime if we ever... Misty! How you? It's nice to meet you. Oh, Jim, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I've been such a big admirer of yours. Isn't she sweet? She's so well-mannered. Could I help you with something, Misty? Is yes, something I was I telling David I wish you'd show me a few of your techniques. You know, I heard you talking about the stuff that beautiful Bobby does, the high flying off the top rope and everything. Maybe you could show me? Yeah, maybe sometime you want to come to one of our well, private training right sessions. Right now, I... there's nobody in the ring. Come on. What? No, come not, on. In front of, not in front of everybody yeah. now. Okay, no, come on. It looks so forceful. I like come on. Now, uh, yeah. well, wait a minute. Hold on. I got a new jacket on. Let, let me take the jacket off. Yeah, I'll just put my down. And, and my glasses. David, hold these and don't try anything smart. Now, you sure you want to do this in front of all these people? As, I'll just show you a few of the things I tell Bobby. Or he's starting to get fat. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it. <laughs> show us some good stuff, Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy. Come on, man. Well, David, there they go to the ring. Isn't this great, David? This guy knows more aerial stuff. And Bobby's got very good balance. He doesn't make sense to the shoot. And what he does, when you get the guy stretched out here, he's laid out his hands over here. Then Bobby climbs up to the top rope. And then as soon as he's on the top rope, he gets a single Misty Blue just dropkicked Jim Cornette, and look who's here. It's Dusty Rhodes and Barry Wyndham. You're talking about Baltimore on the 14th in the 8th man. This is our partner in Baltimore, baby, in the cage right there in Baltimore on the 14th. Jim Cornette, Misty Blue. Oh, is that a sight for sore eyes or what? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Misty Blue, the drop kick. He just got drop kicked by a woman. What an athlete. You set that up, Debbie Crockett. You set me up. She tried to kill me. She's she gonna, she gonna rupture my spleen, David. She gonna rupture my spleen. She gonna pop my kidneys. I could be having peritonitis all over the place. We gotta go. We gotta go right, right back. Hopper, what do you have? <laughs> Corny at his best. <laughs> I love it when Corny says, "Well, you know, you know, we can do one of uh, one of our private sessions." Mm. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't find like any porn on her. <laughs> um, she did porn. Yeah. Hopper's looking. He wants to see. But there you go. She had a, the, she had a nice ass. It was all right. Mm. Me, they're good enough for me. She looks like a scrawny white bitch to me. Well, you think that was the first time she'd ever been cornered by several dudes? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Down at the old glory hole. God, I was thinking because Jesus, when Todd. you look, we got the fucking <laughs> what? Down at the old glory hole. What the hell, man? <laughs> Fuck. Hopper, go ahead. He's drunk, man. Yeah, because I was thinking they got the midnight there. There's 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 Dusty and there's Barry. I'm thinking, how many of those motherfuckers there knocked that out? All of them. Yeah. You don't have no proof of that. Come on now. I mean, you got Stan sitting there. I'm thinking Stan probably knocked that shit out. She's not good enough for him. That Oh... For Stan? Yeah. Oh, come on. What do you mean? That's 
that's not high class enough for him? Right. He's like, I'll let you guys have that. I'm going to go out later and get some nice-looking trim. Okay, wow. hold on. Even a guy like Stan, Harper, you know that broad was not below his standards. No. Wrestlers. Uh-huh. You, guys, you guys are disgusting. Why? Shut up. <laughs> Don't let him tell you nothing. All it, He told me one time, we, we he and I were talking, he was like, man, I'll be thinking about some time in my 20s and 30s, man. I... I I jarred my shit into some strange stuff. That's nice. So don't, no. don't let him, Come don't on. Let, don't let him fool you, Harper. He, he's over there acting like he, he's only dealt with dimes his whole life. He was in a band. He he had some strange stuff in his day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There you go. Are they on Spotify? <laughs> Shut up now. <laughs> he likes to get on the wrestlers, but you know, whatever. He's knocking over his drink and everything right now. Um, all right, Doc. Anything else from Corny right there? No, he. In all honesty, his sprite and go back. You know, he just said this on the experience a while back. His go back to the room and eat a pizza and a couple of bag of chips and done sprites. Yeah. That's just starting to catch up to him here. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> he's young. He's young to be putting on that kind of weight from where he was. Just think about that Memphis episode we watched a couple weeks ago. The same thing. He is show- big. Yeah, it's the same thing when he shows up in Mid South that same year. It's like you see him and you're like, "Wow, he's skinny." And then you look at him from there to here, and you're like, "Wow, he picked it up." But but just wait on the Smoky Mountain show. We we've kind of seen it because we're going slow. But he's he's no. chubby right now. But he he's in ninety five. He blows up again. Yeah, you can't even. He can't even fit his suits anymore. But well, he takes maybe. great. He takes great bumps. He has great facials, and it it gives Shivani and Crockett, who were the, the subject of his abuse, their ability to get back at him. Yeah, and that's good stuff. So you know, Misty Blue's not great there. No, but Tony and Tony and Crockett pick up the slot. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, Hopper. Anything else from Corny right there and whatnot? Nah. All right. So uh, I didn't mention this, but we we did skip over a Luger promo, or maybe I did, but it wasn't much of anything. No, uh, no. They then go to an announcement from Shivani and Jr. and they go to the Dorton Arena to present Ric Flair with a Wrestler of the Year trophy. Now. This trophy that they present is from NWA Pro Wrestling Digest, is what they say. Huh? I don't remember that magazine. I Y'all do? don't remember, but I was a PWI nut, so I'm sure right. that was a thing, and we just weren't familiar with it. Um, I used to hate those fucking black and white pictures. Ugh. In the PWI? Yeah, I'm like, bro, you never heard of color? Man, it was the right, 80s, if they bro. used all color pictures in 1983, 1984, that magazine would have cost eighteen dollars. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. We got what we got. Newspaper, print paper, brother. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. But no, it's from NWA Pro Wrestling Digest. Um, Flair is scoreboarding here because he's got some broads on his arms, and he's and he's telling Luger. You know, who must have been at the ring that this is what being a horseman is all about. Um, I can get to a point where I can play it, but he's going to cut another promo in a second responding to this thing that I think is so much better. But did y'all have anything? Did you have anything from this, Doc? 
I think it's much better for him to be rolling with these broads than that photographer from about a month ago. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. These girls don't have, I mean, these girls are eighties. Don't get it twisted, but at least they don't have Adam's apples. That's nice. The, the, the brunette here has enough Aquanet in her hair to start a charcoal grill. I mean, she's, uh, but that doesn't separate her from the rest of the twats in 1980s. No, no. What was the thing with broads back then in the big hair? Why was that a thing? I don't know. Poison? Uh, uh, yeah, those were fucking... From, yeah, the, those chicks are fucking... Yeah, I, I'll, yeah they're hot. Yeah, this he's talking about the, the women that are... So the real question is, how many of those girls did Rick poke? All three. Oh yeah. Now the question is, was it at the same time or were they in, in gold, silver, bronze? Well, now that I think about it, he probably was sharing them with Arn and Tully too. Yeah, I mean, he's got to tag out sometime. Yeah, hot tag. Why? No. Yes. Wrestlers, Doc. Wrestlers. Okay. So, so Doc, they're pulling. Like a, they're pulling. A, they're pulling a train on these bitches. I'm not saying all that. Um, so Doc, any other thoughts here on Rick and what he's? Uh, you know, he's accepting a trophy. He's giving a speech. He's burying Luger some more. Um, he's it's not just really weird saying... right here on the video where he's like, he starts holding the trophy in front of his face, and I'm like, dude, you know where the camera is? What's wrong with you? Look at oh, him. He's he... tied behind a trophy. He really is. Oof. I was thinking if it. If that trophy's still around. And you know that thing smells like cigar smoke and bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> you use it's a harborism. It's got a couple of cigarette butts that have been put out on it. <laughs> All right. So we'll keep moving because. Maybe stuck up in a girl or two. Oh, gee. Oh, that's nice. Sting is in the ring, actually. And Sting defeats Bob Emery. So while all this is going on, Sting is actually watching Rick talk. And Rick doesn't say anything about Sting. So they then go to Sting. And I feel like I got to at least play this. What do you think, Doc? We, well, yeah, you do. Because well, Sting, is, Sting is in a ring with Shivani now. And no, this no, is gonna no. Pi- you, you have to play this part. You do. Okay. Yeah, this is going to piss which- this is going to piss Doc off because he hates Sting. But what were you about to say, Hopper? This is when Sting gets lost. <laughs> Let me play it. <laughs> Pressure win for this great athlete. <laughs> you know, I've been back there listening and I've been watching tuxedos and limousines and all that kind of garbage. Yeah, tuxedos and limos. just kind of makes me ill. I think I've had just about enough of it. I am a partier. Stinger does love to party, though. But only when it's time to party. As far as I'm concerned, the only time it is is for the world champion, Nature Boy, to get up here in the Stinger's face. Jump up here, baby! I think I've had enough now. This is all getting real old, Flair, every week. Come on up! 
Well, once again, another challenge made to Ric Flair right here on this gala evening during your celebration <laughs> to Sting, and I think someone is coming up towards the ring at this time. Well, this is the leader of the horsemen, James J. Dillon. Not what I intended. What I expected, though. Okay, James J. Dillon making his way to the ring. Beautiful women with him. And yeah, I got something to say to you. Hot shot. We've tolerated you for a couple weeks, but tonight you showed absolutely no class whatsoever. Obviously, this is Mr. Flair's night. He's the toast of the town. He's the toast of Raleigh. He's the king here tonight. All day press conferences, the keys to the city. They give him an award tonight, and you pick tonight to come in here and shoot your mouth off. Why don't you, Joe, just get lost somewhere and show just a little bit of class? Let me ask you something. Is that some of Flair's talent right down there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, these are his ladies. They're looking pretty tough. <laughs> I must admit they're looking tough. And it's kind of hard not to party right about now. Like I said, it's not time to party. Uh. So! You, you lovely little ladies! <laughs> for words right now because I want him up there he's hiding behind his pretty women and if you want to call yourself a man behind your bottle of champagne there too buddy uh oh All right, so what you didn't hear right there is, or what you can't see if you're um, not watching along with us on Patreon. Talk about is, being drunk, you hennied up prick. I'm not drinking Hennessy. What are you talking about? Anyway, Sting throws champagne, or I'm sorry, JJ throws champagne on Sting, and Sting drags JJ into the ring, and then they go to fight, and then the Four Horsemen chase Sting off. Hopper. You were laughing with me during this. What do you Man, it, it, it's that was very that was a, a Tim Horner moment a, a moment for him. He got lost and he didn't have a map. He didn't have a flashlight. He didn't have a compass. He was fucked. <laughs> and it's almost like uh, JJ threw the shit in his face just to like, okay, fuck this, we're going home. I didn't think about it like that, but Doc, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought he struggled there, and it's like, I like to party. He did. He struggled, like, more than once. Like, okay, okay, he's screwed up, and it just it got worse, and you're hiding behind your women, and those women are tough. What the fuck does that mean? They look tough. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't... What? Well, tough... 
as it pertains to women, I've heard dudes use that term, meaning like they're bad, like damn, they fine. Okay. I've heard dudes use that term, but I don't know if that's what Sting meant right there. Right. But I've heard that term used in an endearing way towards women before. How, but for all the the foibles there, how great was JJ tossing that champagne in his face? Just, man, I've had enough of this shit. Try this. Yeah, fuck this, yeah. Fuck right, you. Yeah, who the hell are you? <laughs> that face when he did it, too. That was perfect. That was, man, fuck, who the fuck do you think? You, you, this is cute. Fuck you. And then he sold it so well. That was the other side of it. Sure. Well, he he's JJ. That. Yeah, and, he sold that well. And here's the thing. As bad as Sting was, and he was, let's, let's be clear, he was bad on the mic. He still got the rub from the horseman there and comes out looking better than he walked in. And it has nothing to do with him and his performance. Yeah. He got he got the attention of the horseman. He's now on their radar. With that said, and the attention of the horseman, let's go now to Ric Flair, who he was all teeth and gums a second ago, accepting <laughs> yeah, that award. But, but now, pal. Let's hear from Rick as he responds to Sting. Okay. Sting has left the earth, the ring here. The horseman, James J. Dillon, with me right here in the ring. Champ, this has been a great evening, I know, for you. All right. No. JJ. Explanation for this! I get it, Cleaver. Explanation! No, absolutely not. The man came in, made another challenge. Champ, you can hear the fans. I know this is the last thing in the world you expected. Sting! Don't hold this back for me! Come here, kid! Hey, kid! Okay, Doc, your thoughts. As Flair tells Sting, bring your ass, boy. You want it, you got it. And I ain't wrestling on TV Crockett until this match with Sting happens. All that is great. And what it did is it just sprinkled horseman dust 
on Sting. It yeah. is as and my problem has always been, and it's what Harper just highlighted so eloquently just a second ago is he wasn't ready for it. Maybe he wasn't ready for the promo part of it. I just don't hate Sting as much as y'all do. That's nice. Bro, we're we're talking about it's time to go. The company's in bad shape. And whether or not you're ready for this or not, let's go. And you go out there and crap the bed. Okay, it was one promo. Calm down. Did he crap the bed, Harper? Yes. All right. So, And it's the lead into his ankle. We've established that. Now, Harper, what did you think about Rick's response? Rick's fucking ready to kick his ass. Yeah, he why wouldn't you be? After it. Nah, I mean, uh, he fucking ruined his, his whole, you know, wrestler of the year thing. And he's got the fucking trophy. And he's and he's going to put his hands on fucking JJ. He's trying Fuck to have you. a special night with his special people. And this asshole comes along and ruins it. Exactly. See? <laughs> he embarrassed Rick in front of his broads. Yeah. What kind of douchebag do you think you are, pal? I gotta reconcile this with the ladies who weren't accustomed to this level of violence. <laughs> now, now I gotta go back and like talk to them a little bit before we can have this foursome. No, this is nice. All right, so that happens in the arena at the Dorton Arena. We then go back into the studio where now, so we heard from Rick right there, but now we got to hear from JJ Tully and Arn because they got to respond to what happened that night, and here they are. JJ, thanks to you, Sting got exactly what he wanted. He wants Ric Flair. He may have got more than he asked for. What Sting did was to degrade himself on national television. He went from being what some considered to be a top contender for the World's Heavyweight Championship to nothing more than a low-life party crasher. You know, David Crockett, when you talk about what it takes to be a world's champion, whether tag team or single, in this case we're talking about Ric Flair's single title, it's not just being a great wrestler. you got to be a world's champion 24 hours a day, just like the horsemen are 24 hours a day. So you show no class, Sting. No class. J.J. Dillon, Arn Anderson, myself, Ric Flair, we're having a heck of a time. The fourth girl, we're not even going to tell you what's why she stayed in the limousine. But you, J.J., might have had maybe, maybe just a little bit too much to drink, stumbled and spilled something on you, and you blow your cool. Well, that just shows that you have a big weakness because you can't keep control. And you, Sting, you can want a contract with Ric Flair all you want because, big man, if you can't keep control, you're going down one, two, three. Now let's talk about Lex Luger, Ole Anderson. They want cage matches. You got Barry Windham, Lex Luger, longtime friends, back rejoined. You got the Bull of the Woods. He wants to be on his party too. Well, you know, there is nothing in the world that the horsemen thrive on than being this label that stirs the pot. And if you don't think we're not stirring the pot now, baby, you've never seen it stirred. David Crockett at a time when some individuals are faced with adversity. Barry Windham, Nikita Koloff coming off big losses. I find the names Ole Anderson, Sting, Barry Windham, and Lex Luger all rallying together for that same common cause that everybody's always rallying together. What can we do to knock the kings off the hill? And I'm talking about the horsemen. Now, Sting, 
If you want to insult Ric Flair on his night, that's fine. Because in a tux or out of a tux, he's more man and more wrestler than you'll ever profess to be. Lex Luger, if at any point in time you want to take the rock in his hometown with all the other Andersons, I'm talking about the Omni, and come for the World Tag Team Champions, then my friend, I grew up around the Omni too, and the horsemen are the best in what we consider our backyard. Change Omni, you're going to find something about the horsemen, which was with your most horrified thought. Lock us up, we get worse than ever. Coming up next. Arn is a goddamn master. Uh, I'm a broken record, but I just had to say that. Doc, what do you have? He's standing out there in the yellow shirt, but the thing that kicks me is when he takes off his glasses and you can hear him hit the desk. It's like the podium. It's like, man, it's every little piece of what he does is always just the right thing to do. Like, I've taken off my glasses and you can hear him thump, thud on the table. I got a weird scenario, though, that I've been thinking about, and it was through Luger's prom- promo. It's thinking about Sting. I love Wyndham and the Horsemen, so we're heading that, that way, obviously. What if Wyndham didn't go to the Horsemen, and they got a, they got somebody else? I don't know who it is. We could book that right now. But they got Wyndham, Luger, and Sting all banding together to fight them. That's a That's a pretty young and charismatic crew. There might have been something there. Because Wyndham would be the worker. Luger's got the body and Stink could have the charisma. You could get something going on there. That's true, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you could have yeah, you could have something there. But they need a the fourth I, member. Well, then who, well, would, who, who would have took Barry's spot? Right. D- Dusty. No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm kidding. I know who. Ooh. Oh shit! The Kansas Jayhawks. Jesus Christ! <laughs> put, put Dutch in there. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Terry oh. Taylor. Uh, I think actually he's. You know who the best person for it would have been? Would have been Rick Steiner. Nah. Dude, he's a fucking yeah. tough bastard. Just young. He's the new Luger. He's the guy that can fucking beat ass. Um, oh man, it's so hard to look back at it and and try to fantasy book it because you know what it is, and to know what it maybe could have been with somebody else's. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. Cause you know it's Barry, so in your mind, like, eh, who else could it be right here? Members what? only here on the screen. Yeah. Like, uh, Boy. Ole, well, it it could have been Oli that came back, but it Oli Oli working. Yeah. Well, not only is he too old, but he's, he's got a shift down at Best Buy. Well, he's got his <laughs> angle. He's got the angle right now with Luger against Tully and Arn. So is you know he's. I don't know, man. That's a hard one. I think I want to give that some thought. Maybe we do a patron episode on that on the pre-show doc because that's a good question. If it's not him, who else could you throw in there and it'd be just as good or better? Uh, and then yeah. you and then you've got the Wyndham Sting Luger Dusty against them. There you with go. Nikita popping out, it's like shit. Yeah, yeah. I I got to get that one some thought because Lord knows there's a lot of people. 
that it could potentially be. But because you got to look at the UWF roster too. Um, but let's keep going because only. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you have from Arn right there, Hopper? Oh fuck. He was great. He always is. This is Arn. You can't see it if you're just listening to this show, but if you're watching. And especially watching on Patreon when we uh, share the screen, that dude looks into the camera and there is not a doubt in your mind that he is talking and what he's saying is everything he says he means. And there's not one, there's not one bit of anything in that, that it's a lie. So that's on for you. Ole's out there cutting a promo and he tells us that he and Luger are going to be in a cage against Arn and Tully and they're going to beat them. Ole actually does a good job here of describing how, tough it is when you fight in the cage and how he can mutilate your body in that cage doc what did you have from it you're not playing this it is five minutes long you want me to play the whole thing well, i guess not man look at fucking Oli. looks like he tries a ford bronco with a uh <laughs> with a fucking uh a reagan bush uh 88 bumper <laughs> sticker on the back of it. <laughs> Doc, do you... I don't think we've mentioned this in detail. Do you want to say what you think Harper's superpower is after Harper, he said that? I thought we had, but Harper, if, if you don't know, Harper has a superpower, and it is being able to take anybody that you see on screen or that we're talking about and describe what year, make, model, and any other... <laughs> accoutrements that come along with their vehicle choice. The bumper sticker. Whether it's a Dodge LeBaron or Buick, Buick Skylark or whatever it is. Uh, AMC Pacer. It's... Harper's got you covered with the right with the right car for the right person for the right time for the right I mean, situation. I mean, Oli looks like he's the old, like he's, he's an old veteran that you know, served in the Navy or something and he's got the the Ford Bronco with the Bush, uh, with the Reagan Bush '88 bump, uh, bumper sticker on the back of it. <laughs> the, the funny part about this is Doc was telling me this offline before Harper joined us last time we were recording Smoky Mountain. So that episode hasn't come hasn't come out yet. I'm thinking about it now. In the minute we started recording the show, Harper drops. Somebody, I forget who it was. He's like, this guy looks like he drove a 1980 Buick Skylark. <laughs> Doc had just told me without Harper on the phone. He goes, Harper's got a superpower. He can tell you anybody on this planet what kind of car they drove to make and model and any other um, accessories they had. In Ole's case, it was the Bronco, a Ford, with a Reagan and Bush bumper. <laughs> I'm telling you, he either drove like... A Bronco or the old school, like full size Chevy Blazer, like the big badass one, or like a, a Dodge Ram Charger, or something like that. I remember those old Blazers, the big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, remember, and, and I may have said this on the Smoky Mountain, but Arn's ready to tell you what's wrong with your generation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You He's mean like, only? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, did I say Arna? I, if I said Arna, I meant Oli. But yeah, it's, it's, well, you know, I mean, here's what's wrong with your generation. It's like when I was your age, I was in Korea fighting the communists. And, uh, uh so was Oli, let me ask you this, Hopper. Was Oli a uh, John Wayne fan? 
Yes. John Wayne might have been too big of a pussy for Oli. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oli's generation loved those. Whatever happened Wayne. to Gary Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> the silent right. type. The strong silent type. Um, we got a couple of more matches to close out the show. We got Sting. Do and we? Barry. Jesus, this is the longest episode ever. And it's only Sting. it's a, fuck Sting Power and Barry 15. versus someone. Blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Yeah. They defeat Mike Jackson and Gary Royal, and then the Barbarian and Warlord defeat Max McGuire and Ed Franks. Ivan gets on the microphone during the match, and I, I will say this: I do miss eighty-five or eighty-six Ivan because he was cutting promos weekly, and he's on the match uh, or, or on the commentary during the what match. Is, what does he go after this? Home. Yeah. That's it. And, and then, then he, he pops that, up a, a Smoky Mountain. ECW. Mm, not just that. Um, early Smoky ECW. Mountain. Um, Smoky Mountain, and then that South Atlantic Pro, he was on that, Doc. Ooh, yeah. Have you ever watched that? I, you and I had this discussion. Yeah. Did we? I told you that shit used to come on that obscure obscure ch- cable channel in like the early 90s, that Prime channel, whatever Prime Sports was. I don't know what that was. You don't remember that, Harper? No. Cox Cable had it. That's how it, in it was like when it was like when we first got cable in the like early nineties. They would have they had that Prime Sports. I don't remember what what like number station it was on, but they had that South Atlantic Pro on for a few weeks. And I was like, you know how it is. We've talked about this. You've got flipping through the channels and you're like, what the fuck is this wrestling? And, yeah. And it's in that nineties time period where you know the territories are dying and dead and. And it was on. I was like, "What? Ivan Koloff, South okay. Atlantic." And then it was on for like a few weeks, and then I, I never remember seeing it again. And the he Prime appara- Network. He apparently stays in Jim Crockett Promotions until January '89. So we have another year in of, in all honesty, poorly, his his character's been dead since '86. Right. So another year of poorly used Ivan. Yeah, sad. Uh, what were you saying about Prime Hopper? You Googled it. Yeah, it was the the Prime Sports Network. It launched in 1988, and uh, yep. it closed in '96. Uh, okay, I thought they might have been bought by somebody, but yeah, uh, it was uh, uh, replaced by F- Fox Sports Networks. Uh, there you oh. go. Yeah. Oh. Yep, but I remember Prime, um, and that was on there, and I remember seeing Ivan on there and Wahoo on there, and I was like, what is this? Uh, but anyway, uh, Barbarian and Warlord, like I said, they defeat Max MacGyver, Ed Franks. There's a closing promo. It is Paul Jones. Um, not going to play it. Paul Jones talking about the bench press competition and what's going to happen there. That'll be next week. So um, I guess we'll go to Harper. you have anything on this closing promo? And I have nothing on on nothing. Gotcha. It looks like right there on your screen grab right there. It looks like the barbarian got mad that the warlord got bigger. So he went and got bigger. Look at that <laughs> left arm of the barbarian. Look at that tricep. Jesus. Somebody on Twitter. He's like, I'm tired of standing next to this bastard that's trying to look bigger than me. I'm going to go get bigger. Somebody on Twitter or Facebook was talking about barbarian here and was saying, not barbarian, warlord. And was saying that they thought he even got bigger in WWF. Dude, I think how, he, yeah. that, how could his skin hold anything else? You know, I think he, he may have gotten bigger. 
Dude, it looks like he's stretching the, the boundaries of his skin. The big bastard, dude. There was the time, though, when, when Nitro was in, in their first year of Nitro when Luger, Luger, you know, comes out the first episode. But first, second year of Nitro, man, I swear Luger got bigger every week. I was just, thinking about that, like with uh, Scott Steiner when he was. Yes. Just... Jesus Christ. That guy. Big Papa Pup was ridiculous. I, I mean, how much shit was he injecting in him at that point, Harper? Because he just kept on getting bigger. Yeah, because he was big. Because I remember when he was in fucking, like when we see the uh, WWE shit, he, he was big. And then when he came back as that, as the, uh, you know, that. With the fucking uh, Billy Graham look and shit, and like, holy fuck! Yeah, man. Either of you do you ever taken steroids? What do you think, Tinkerbell? Yeah. Do we <laughs> look like two dudes who've taken steroids? I don't know what you were trying to do to keep your dream alive in the mid nineties. <laughs> it wasn't steroids. Yeah, so it was dead on your knees. Please make me the brass knuckles <laughs> champion. <laughs> Uh, Harper and I are not the uh, shining example of what a, a steroid user is. Let's just say that. I was just clumping Harper in so you'd feel comfortable to out yourself for your <laughs> questionable behavior. That's nice. Straight edge, brother. Yeah, you are, man. You're the you're the fucking most cracker ass white black guy I've ever met. Fuck you. You don't smoke weed. You don't drink beer. Drink Hennessy. What are you talking about? That's true. And then when I told you every now and then I'll have a black and mild, Harper decided to call me a typical. Whoa. Whoa, nothing, <laughs> asshole. That's what you said. He doesn't you remember bastard. that. He doesn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whoa. Motherfucker, I know hey, what you hey, said. Hey, asshole, we're we're a week away from four years. You can't remember everything you say here, dude. Yeah. You ain't kidding, man. There are people who are go back and listen to like episodes from two to three years ago, and they'll tweet me. I'm like, we said what? <laughs> I need a timestamp because I do not remember that. It happens. So, Doc, four, we need four to rate years, this thing. man. Four years, man. That's, that's yeah, we're pretty a week impressive. Away. Um. We need to rate this thing, Doc. What are you rating it? Oh man, the first the first bit was pretty pretty, ugh. but I did. Man, I'm gonna tell you, I like the horseman giving Sting the rub, even though we all know my feelings about Sting. But um, hour and fifteen minutes helps. I'm gonna say a B. Harper, what about you? Give it a B minus. All right. I'm going to give it a B plus. Doc, who you give me your Rolex to? I was a little surprised that you chose not to play the promo, but I'm giving mine to Oli. I thought Oli talking about all the ways a cage can dismantle somebody and how it's a weapon. And I really liked the line he had in there when he's like, when I first showed you, Arn, you were squeamish about it. Because we see Arn as being the alpha, but Oli's reminding you he's the original alpha. So I really like that, and Oli gets the Rolex. Hopper, who are you giving me your Rolex to? I want to give it a cornet. Me too. When you, when you saw him fucking take the dropkick from your girl. 
Not only that, who's, but who, whose girl? Everybody's, everyone's. Everybody's yeah. girl. Hey, my girlfriend's back there. Hey, a lot of guys' girlfriends are back there. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go cornet too because his reaction to uh, to David Crockett and him, he was like, "You're laughing at me. You goddamn, goddamn! I could have ruptured my spleen." I could have said a spleen decitis or whatever the hell he said. I thought that was great, so I got to give it to Cornette too. So, yeah, good stuff there. So I want to remind everyone, make sure you're using our Amazon referral link. It's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Great way to support this show. Give that link to the wives, girlfriends, hoes, and side pieces in your life and tell them to use it. Also, don't forget to get the Jim Crockett Promotions pay-per-views. And to get many other episodes on our Patreon feed, it's tinyurl.com slash PatreonBTT. Lance and I did a Gino Hernandez episode along with our world-class episode recently. Doc and I did a pre-show tonight talking Gino Hernandez and Moolah as far as the dark side of the ring goes. Um, And we got into a couple other things too. So all of that is up on the Patreon link. It's tinyurl.com slash PatreonBTT. Hopper, we also got Wildcat X rated coming up June 22nd, 2019. Um, are ringside sold out yet or close? Yeah. Which Wait, one? what? A ringside? Yeah. Uh, they're sold out or, or are they not sold out? I, I would be very surprised if they're still around. All right. So June 22nd, 2019, the Shamrock Bar and Grill, New Orleans, Louisiana. Is the official, unofficial BTT meetup on uh, for our four-year anniversary. Let's call it that. But it's Wildcat Sports. Colt Cabana going to be there. Stevie Rich is going to be there. Um, Tracy Smothers, our friend from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And um, what's your friend's name? Shane Douglas will be there as well. So uh, mm. get your tickets. Come out. Come boo Hopper and throw something at him and all That's that nice. stuff. That's nice. I know a bunch of the BTT Army is already gone because they've told me. So we Bring your special little there. friend to the party and and Harper will choke him out. Yeah. That's nice. Um, yeah, so whatever. Go to wildcatsports.com for ticket information, please. But uh Harper, you looking forward to it? I was born ready. Let's That's do right. this shit. That's right. So uh, a couple other plugs before we get out of here. Thank you to the wrestling podcast about nothing for all their plugs and their show, which drops every single Monday. They do classic and current stuff, so thank you, ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. For doing that show and plugging us. And special shout out to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. The northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They come out on Mondays as well. So just search them wherever you get your podcast and subscribe. Doc, I don't have anything else, man. Do you? Nah, man. I'm fucking tired. I hear you. You're drunk too. Hopper, anything from you before we get out of here? Let's roll. All right, Hop. Hit that tagline. Get us out of here. Book it, bitch.
we get out of here, I want to say thanks to all of the patrons out there and thank you for your generous patronage. We appreciate it. It really does help this show. It helps me with the cost it takes to produce this thing, software I have to buy from time to time, and just all the little miscellaneous things that go along with um, putting out two shows a week. It is a very time-consuming process that Doc and Harper and I embark on each and every week, but we do it because we know you love it, and to be honest, we love it too, so thank you for your patronage. So all the patrons out there, thank you. And if you're not one and want to support this show, it's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Before I get out of here, I do need to thank all the Hall of Fame patrons. Brad Dunafin, Brad, if I'm saying that wrong, my apologies. Tom Schlegel, Coach Joey Case. <laughs> I say this wrong all the time. Coach Joey Chase, aka Willie Chase, Steve Mall, Laron Brown, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott at GA Russellnut, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller at Half Pints Point. Keep cutting those promos, kid. Josh Warren, Everett Starr, Super Duper Hall of Famer, Mike Childry, Super Duper Hall of Famer. Uh, Kyle Riley, Super Duper Hall of Famer, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie. I see you out there, Mark. Thank you for all your your patronage. Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, The Great John Dean, at YRC21, Josh Dunn, Ryan in Auburn, Good Old Justin, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Morecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Josh Fields, Chris Myers, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Crew, Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, Slider91 US, David DeVries, Frog Zeppelin, SV Pageant, Bill Salsa, Big Rich at Spy Boy Sports Cap, R.E. Miller 39, Dustin Roberts, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinosa, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Coleman822, Marty Howell, T Hog94, and God Bold Unreal. Thank you for being Hall of Fame patrons. We appreciate it. And then lastly, check out the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast with friends of mine, Mike Pru and JV. They have a podcast series where they are breaking down the WWE career of Stone Cold Steve Austin month by month on a weekly basis. New episodes are released every single Wednesday morning. They are available on most platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and Google Play. You can find them on Twitter at BottomLineCast. And also, remember, at the $5 tier now, you get the ECW Extreme Livecast with Mike and JV as well. So check that out. And another benefit to becoming a patron at the $5 tier or above. So thank you very much, everyone. We appreciate your patronage. You guys are the best, and we keep rocking and rolling. We are, um, by the time you hear this, we're at four years of BTT. So thank you, no matter how long you've been along for that ride on those four years. So that's all I got from Mike, Doc, and Hopper. You know what Hopper always says when we get out of here. Book it, bitch. <laughs>